Listeners, Evan here with Rob for the Concordia Training Podcast, where we chat about what we've learned the hard way in fitness and wellness so you don't have to. In time for this year's seasonal shift, we're looking at trading in our winter fluff for chiseled abs to delight and inspire envy at the beach. In this episode, we'll go over the ins and outs of what it takes to make lasting changes to your physique and address the common pitfalls that keep us from looking our aspirational best. Please enjoy. So we're in uh, time to talk about, no, 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 <laughs> Almost spring. People want to look hot. Right. There's this term beach body getting thrown around. Yeah. What is the deal with everyone wanting to get lean? Uh, it's, it seems like it's such an effort for everyone. Is there, are there any tips or tricks that you know of that could silence all the fitness magazines once and for all? Yeah. You need muscle mass first okay or else you're not gonna look the way you think you're gonna look when you lose a bunch of weight i think i've uh seen some people document their journeys to being a natural bodybuilder and part of the heartbreak of it is when they try and get bodybuilder lean uh they apparently say they lose a ton of that muscle mass too yeah um so that's another big point is if you are going to lose a lot of weight versus if you're going to lose a lot of body fat and that's hard to do. And there's, it's not that it's complex, it's simple, but difficult. You have to manage your expectations and manage all of your input basically in terms of food and stressors. Well, that makes sense. So the way I think of it is body fat percent. So like what, what would you suggest is like the kind of beach body goal if you've got a decent amount of muscle mass on your bones, yeah, are you supposed to go to like 15% and you know, bodybuilding, I think for men, it goes to like 5% on the yeah. scarier end, right? Both of those are correct. I would say 15% for a male is you're going to look like the way you've always wanted to look. Um, if you haven't been someone who is super lean again, as you're saying, if you already have muscle mass, but I think, what often happens is people are disappointed when they learn they don't have as much muscle mass as they thought they might've had. Like if you haven't weight trained for years or done it for at least the better part of a singular year and actually ate enough protein and all that, like if you get really lean, you might just not be that substantial of a person, which is fine. Like if that's the goal you're going for, but when people talk about like, beach body or when people sell like physique based workout programs or whatever, like we're talking about the Marvel universe looking person, they have a certain shape, like the larger upper body kind of a taper to the waist look, um, that kind of feels like a natural, like, Oh, that's like what an athlete is supposed to look like thing. Um, all of those things come with having muscle mass first and then having a low enough body fat percentage um, males and females are a little bit different. Um, they're also where you store your fat is different. There's different like expected norms based on, um, your training, your stress and your gender too. Where you store your fat. So we haven't gotten into it yet, but the whole endomorph ectomorph body type business, does that also sort of play out? Well, first, I guess, how do we feel about those labels and our body types? How, what, 
determines kind of where your body likes to put fat. Yeah, I I don't like those ones as much as like they're significantly more objective um, than Android and Gynoid. Basically, one of them you're gonna hold fat like on the front of your torso, and one of them you're gonna hold fat basically below your waist. Um, people also call them like apple pear. Oh, okay. Um, and the names of those kind of loosely indicate more male and female. Yeah. Gender uh, skewing. Right. So a uh, stereotypical like biological male is going to hold more fat in their torso. Mm -hmm. And then like stereotypically biological females are going to hold more fat in their lower body. Of course, as we well know that that's just an assumption and it's, it might be true for large populations, but for individuals, it's totally different. Um, your stress changes that too, but yeah, it's where you hold your fat matters too. Like you could be 20% body fat as a male. And if you have a gynoid fat storage pattern, you might still have a six pack, but your legs might not have any definition to them sure. uh, or vice versa. As a female, you might be a little bit higher because females tend to be a little bit higher. You might be like, 22% body fat and have a pretty distinguished six pack and like your legs again have no definition or vice versa you could be a woman with more fat in their upper body and then your legs look crazy it just depends that's interesting so different people have to diet and exercise down to different fat percentages to be I guess happy with how they look well everyone's it's subjective of course but assuming everyone goes more towards the Marvel universe look of what they want to try and get close to like one guy might be looking great at 20%. Another guy might have to go down to like 10% even. Uh, maybe not 10. I would say pretty much anybody will be happy between like 15 and low twenties, um, regardless of gender. Like that is the place where it's like, Oh, like that person definitely works out. Sure. When you get below 15 for men and below like 16 or 18 normally for women, it's like, Oh, that person definitely like they are all about fitness yeah and then below that it's like okay that person is kind of obsessive like that's when you start having like when you get to the high single digits really low double digits you're like okay this person has doesn't have a lot of extra body fat like you have veins in your shoulders and in your chest and like through your stomach type areas and, like you start having striated muscles without being dehydrated um that's like crazy crazy lean and you obviously don't see very many people out in the world like that yeah i mean do you recommend people try and get off the seasonal train of worrying about beach bodies only in the summer months and then like winter everyone's putting on fat or is this pretty normal and healthy to sort of cycle it's definitely normal and i would argue it's healthy to have seasons i don't know that the variance should be that significant like if we're talking percentage, you, I wouldn't recommend more than like a 5% variation or an 8% variation if you're a really small person. Sure. Right. So if you're like a hundred pounds, I don't think you should weigh significantly more than 110 pounds. Or if you're 200 pounds, I don't know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it should be, I don't think we should be talking about like 20 pound differences just because it's cold out. Yeah. I mean, this is all really relevant to my own interest right now. I'm kind of falling prey to the whole, like, I definitely have more fat than I want on me right now. And I think listening to your recommendations, it sounds like the goal is make sure you have adequate muscle mass first. Yeah. And 
worrying about skinning down sort of after like yeah i mean let's that's probably what people care about most is like how do you get to looking like a superhero right so you hinted at it you have to have a muscle mass base um everyone has seen a cross-country high school runner if you decide to cut your calories in half or a quarter you'll probably end up looking like that and not to poke fun at people who are adolescents under 150 pounds but that is a certain look and i don't think that that is the look that a lot of adults are going for right so you want to probably have a muscle mass base and oftentimes if you don't have resistance training backgrounds you may think oh i want to lose weight i want to go through a fat loss phase but it might not be appropriate for you so you have to find out or get the trusted opinion of somebody who can tell you honestly or objectively look you need more muscle mass before yeah. you get the look that you want um with men who are already resistance training often it is their non-exercise activity is too low or they eat a little bit too much or both um and they have plenty of muscle mass and it's just like okay what are you doing on your rest days what are you doing even when you're not working out like if people don't move a lot then it's hard like it's difficult to have energy burn off and it's of course very hard to just take food away that's the part that's so hard for a lot of people is if you can't get more activity or if your job doesn't allow you to get more activity you simply have to eat less calories and that just means eating higher volume foods which is confusing because people often be full when they're trying to lose weight because they're eating whatever way more vegetables or they're eating foods that are literally bigger than they used to eat like you stop eating rice and you eat like sprouted bread or something hmm. I, this is making me think of uh cutting and bulking yeah in a big way and assuming you have the right kind of muscle mass to prep you for like taking your shirt off and showing off at the beach what are the sort of tips i guess that people would want to think about when when potentially doing a cut you sound sounds like you want to replace the really dense carb sources I'm guessing that means the macros have to be adjusted. Uh, I know I've been told higher protein, even than when you're bulking to make sure you retain muscle mass. Yeah. Um, both of those are right. So the big ones are again, higher volume. So higher volume, you don't necessarily like, a, so there's different avatars. So a person who has plenty of muscle mass, right? You're going to want to lose as much body fat as possible. The way to do that, decrease your total stress. So stop doing hit, stop taking on hard projects at work or whatever in life. Don't have a baby, right? Like focus on staying jacked for 12 to 16 weeks. Um, so you're going to want to do bodybuilding style work. You're going to want to do compound lifts. You're going to minimize stress elsewhere because you're creating your own new stress on your body of, Hey, we're going to lose a bunch of body fat and your body is like, what, what do you mean? This is good. Like we earned this. And so you're going to tell it the opposite. You're like, Nope, we want to look, we want to look a certain way. So we're making up this new stress and you're like, okay, so stop doing hit, stop running endlessly, like make everything lower stress and do as much muscle mass preserving activity as possible. Basically bodybuilding and powerlifting style stuff. Um, like you said, ramp your protein up the getting close to a gram per pound of body weight, super solid 
keep your water intake up. You might want to take a creatine supplement. You definitely want to sleep six to 10 hours every single day. Um, and you want to eat less of the macro that you don't need. So if you're not doing high intensity conditioning, you need less carbohydrates. If you are a male, you can get rid of a lot of your fat without too many hormonal issues. If you are a female, you are going to have less wiggle room there, but you can drop your carbs way down. Hmm. So what are you giving up when you stop doing the hits and the cardio that that's the stressor you're cutting to make room for improvement improvements in muscle mass, I guess. Yeah. I mean, your body can only, as we've talked about, basically every episode handles so much stress and your body's job is to try to maintain a certain level of homo homeostasis. And if you're like, Hey, we're going to lose body fat. Your body's like, this is a stressor. I'm going to tell you to keep weight on. Yeah. So you want to reduce your total stressors so that you don't have any issues when you're trying to lose weight. Like you don't want to have any sort of hormonal response or like massive appetite cravings and things like that. The best way to do that was to make yourself feel full. Again, eating lots of protein, eating lots of high volume foods like fruits and veggies, drinking lots of water. And your workouts don't ironically have to be hard. The hard part about fat loss, or as you're saying, a cutting phase, it's literally the same thing is the stressor is now losing body fat. So you're not going to try to make gains in the gym during a fat loss phase, unless you want to start taking steroids or something of the like, or you're like 18 and your life is pretty, pretty chill. Yeah. I was going to ask like, what are some tips if like there are people who don't like hearing this choice between I have to work really hard to put on muscle mass and then I have to try and drop the fat that came along with that ride. Like, could you get lean and put on a little bit of muscle mass? Um, I mean, you can, but if you're doing that, you're probably still very new or you're a really high testosterone individual and you have plenty of time to recover. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense then. So I guess I also still had some questions around the choice to cut cardio because uh, while that's music to my ears, every other source of fitness advice, I always sort of hear like um, fat loss is more promoted when you get into the state of, I don't know what mechanically you're depleting, but your body starts drawing more from your fat reserves if you're doing steady state work above like 12 minutes of exercise or so is, is some like rules of thumb that I had heard. Sure. Um, I like to call that black magic, okay. right? Like if you're doing low intensity movement, you're, yes, you're relying on fat as a fuel source. But as we talked about last time, unless you're walking for 24 hours, your exercise is not the most efficient way to burn extra calories. So you're better off. Basically the idea of doing bodybuilding and powerlifting is to stimulate the muscle that you have as much as possible so that your body thinks, Oh, we need that muscle. There's a stressor that you're making, right? You're like, Oh, I just did 60 bicep curls. Your biceps are like, we're important. You can't yeah. get rid of us. Like we use these. So your body now thinks, okay, we're using those muscles. They have to stay. And then you're eating the protein to make them stay and make them repair. And you're not doing anything else that's stressful. So you don't make other adaptations. Like, yes, you probably will lose some conditioning. Yes. You probably will lose some top end strength but that's not the goal here. The goal here is to have as many likes on Instagram as possible. 
Mm. Or like update Tinder profile pictures so you look like a Greek god. Like that's the goal. The goal is 4th of July. People talk about how dope you look, not other stuff. <laughs> well, great. So 4th of July, like the, how are we doing here in, in late February if we're starting our journey out? Yeah. Is this kind of like right time frame to be making these decisions? Like how long does the suffering have to continue before you can go back to eating pizza with your friends? Yeah, well, that's, there's two questions there. How long and can I eat pizza? The length depends on your size and how far you want to go. So you don't want to lose more than like a percent or so a week. Even a full percent is kind of a lot, right? So if you're a 200 pound person, you're like, okay, I want to diet for 10 weeks. Like maybe you lose 20 pounds. You'd look totally different. Yeah. Right. So usually we say between six and 12 weeks, depending on what your goal is and how quickly you can do it. Um, it's not very long. If you think about it, we're only talking about a few months. The other thing that people miss out on is like you said, when can I eat pizza? You can theoretically always eat pizza, but understand that your energy balance is not supported great by pizza. It's a calorically dense food. True. It doesn't really have a lot of that protein we talked about. Not a ton of protein and it's not going to keep you super full relative to like, you know, steak salad. All right. Hmm. Right. So we're laying out a timeline. We're talking, you need to do bodybuilding style stuff, decrease your stressors from hit work life as much as you can sleep as much as you can. Um, realistically, you'll see a change as long as you're committed to it um, pretty quickly. And the compliance rates here are also very, very funny. Um, people have done nice little studies about it. People who are even like 70% compliant with their nutrition during this time period usually still hit their goal. And if you think about that, that's kind of funny. It's not that high of a percentage. Like no. you're barely passing the test if you are doing that, but you still get what you want. Well, what does 70% compliant mean? Does that mean like 70% within your target macros and calories? Basically, like it, or even like including your fitness program. So if I was like, okay, Evan, here's your theoretical plan. As a larger male, you are going to continue doing bodybuilding, powerlifting type stuff. You're going to do low intensity, steady state cardio on your off days. Like you might walk 45 to 90 minutes. And then you have these macros, like whatever they may be. And for somebody who's your size, like maybe we say off, like basically no real information. I'm like, okay, 250 grams of protein, 290 to 320 grams of carbs and then like 70 to 80 fat yeah right like try and be within 10 or 15 grams of all of those macros too and then we'll check your weight every week to see how things are going and we'll take progress pictures too and then like if you feel fine and you want to keep progressing we just take away a little bit of fat we take a little bit of carb like and we're talking 5 to 15 grams each week it doesn't have to be a lot Sure. I'm uh, currently not on that meal prep train. So I, I wonder for people like me who don't know the exact breakdowns of their foods and they just sort of like try and shoot for general directions of like moving more towards the proteins, less of the rice. Yeah. Do you really have to commit yourself to weighing and scooping and portioning things out to handle this sort of journey or can anyone do it on feel alone? 
you can do it intuitively as long as your intuition is based on like actual fact. Like if you are thinking, okay, I'm eating a salad with chicken and I'm using a low calorie dressing, like you're right. If you're thinking whatever, like it doesn't have to always be salads. It's just an easy default. The goal if you're not weighing and measuring is to maximize protein. Like how much protein can you get? How much fiber can you get? that will get you pretty far. So without even having to weigh and measure, like if every time you eat, you eat protein, you'll be okay. Sure. A lot of this obviously is fixated on the kitchen then. And you've heard that cute phrase, uh, abs are revealed in the kitchen, at least. Yeah. I think it started abs are made in the kitchen. But I think we'd agree yeah. it's made in the gym, revealed in the kitchen. Um, how far could you get if you kept your current training, uh, but only adjusted your, your work in the kitchen? Oh, I mean, that's all of the effort really. I mean, if you wanted to keep your cardio stuff in there, it would work. I'm just talking in an optimal world. Like if you wanted to optimize things. Oh, sure. Well, actually that's a better question of like cutting is notoriously miserable and a lot of unfun things happen. Like we say, if you cut too hard, um, your sex drive will disappear. Yeah, that's possible. Your mood will feel terrible. You, you, it, like this is like the extremes of cutting. Maybe you, you experience like hair loss even. So, how, how do you make this not as miserable? Is it really just sort of like how far into, like a genuine cut you make this, and like how if you stretch the timeline out, you can be just a little bit less happy for a longer period of time versus like exacerbating it in an unhealthy way and like concentrating it in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, so there's, that's, you can separate it into, do you want to make a lifestyle change or do you want to go through a phase that you know you'll come back out of? So if you want to make a lifestyle change and you want to sit at a lower body fat percentage always, then you have to make a real lifestyle change. Like you have to commit to changing habits. You have to talk about like how to stack habits, how to encourage habits with a support group, all that type of stuff. If you're talking I want to look good for the 4th of July barbecue. You can be miserable for six or 10 weeks and understand that you will gain weight back. As long as you do it in a way that's supervised and it makes sense, you might not gain all the weight back, right? But you can go through a phase or you can make a change. Obviously one is potent and doesn't have forever results. One is a little bit slower and might have lasting results. That's fair. So it's, it's tricky. Like, do you want to be a little bit leaner always? And then you can of course go through phases too. But when we're talking like, okay, look, it's, it's about to be March. If you want to be in amazing shape for something this summer, you have to start now, regardless. Could you, well, I guess this is a silly question. If you look around, there are people at lower body fat percentages who are plenty happy. Like, can you make the journey with lifestyle changes that doesn't, impact your day-to-day -day at all yeah you get used to eating a salad instead like is there a period of time where you're still gonna be pissed off and hungry because you're eating fewer calories or do you sort of pretty easily slip into the healthier or not i guess it is healthier well first actually before i just skate over a ton of different topics like is it good to be leaner like what's the right body fat percent for an individual and are these sorts of like high protein diets good for the long term, or would you recommend someone sort of like tone it down after a while? Yeah, 
there isn't a lot of substantial evidence that a high protein diet is bad for you, despite what some of like the media claims might be. Um, it is, yes, protein is harder to digest, which is usually what the argument is based on, but your body is totally capable of handling eating the biggest possible steak that you wanted to. If you wanted to, it's, you'll be totally fine. So like try to ignore that. Um, you probably should have some fiber and you should have a balance of your micronutrients. So I'm not saying just go carnivore and be shredded. Like you don't have to do that. That's a little too much. Um, however, healthy is tricky. Um, but generally speaking, there are adverse health effects of being too lean. Um, so when people have eating disorders or training disorders, like they train too much, which is kind of just a weird eating disorder. Um, and you're too lean, like you're under 10%, under 12% all the time, you may have issues in the similar but different regards to how you may be if you're over 30%. Like people who are obese and people who are extremely lean are more susceptible to adverse health outcomes kind of across the board. I just uh, realized actually we should probably be describing general looks of what people could recognize at these percentages. Um, I think I spent a little bit of time learning what different body fat percents looks like in the real world. Yeah. So like uh, my understanding is that 10% is pretty dang rare, even among like athletes. Yeah. Um, so do you have sort of like people in mind you could point to famous celebrities or the like who might embody 10, 15, 20, 25? Yeah. So you can actually, you can Google that. Like if you just look up, Let's see. If you just search body fat percentages on Google Images, it does an okay job of telling you. But what you're asking, yeah, like under 10, like single digits or even 10, like the person looks like a fitness model. Like every one of your muscles is visible pretty much. Um, for women, that's more like 10 to 13. So like we're talking basically all the way under 15 all the time. Like every single muscle is visible if you flex you see it all. There's nothing hidden. You're very vascular. Like there is, this is when like the very cute aunt or grandma would be like, there's not a, like an inch of fat on you. Like that phrase, like yeah. there's no real visible fat, right? You can pull out loose skin, but you're like, okay, this person is defined everywhere. They're kind of scaring me. Like that's that view. Like you're saying there aren't very many people who just walk around like that. Um, and even that is fine. Like being in that range is okay. When you get below that, when it's like, okay, not only is every single one of your muscles visible, like now they're starting to look grainy and like sinewy and there's veins running through like your entire body. Like the person looks like an old roadmap. Then you may have adverse health outcomes. Got it. Right. And those people, again, I have only met a couple of those people in my entire life. Um, and then when we talk about, okay, everyone in the middle, like you can see some muscle, you can see some vascularity. We're talking the like 10 to high twenties, like person works out person definitely is like, you'd consider them healthy. If they flex, you can see their musc musculature when they get above like 25 or 30, like you can get into that. Like, I mean, even for women, 25 is still fairly lean when you get towards like 30% for both, you're like, okay, that person has a little bit 
of body fat to lose. When you get over that, then you have the adverse health outcomes. I see. And like over 30, there's like no real muscle definition. The person flexes and you may be like, oh, like things are moving, but I can't like distinguish where muscles are. Mm. That's interesting. So I guess on the topic of muscle definition, I'm curious, how does someone make sure that they're going to be happy with how they look if they do lose the weight? You described like you need to make sure you have a decent baseline of muscle, but uh, is there sort of like an aesthetic goal that most people should be striving for or you get towards the golden ratios of, of strength or I guess conditioning and you're going to look good when you get down to that? I know just to point out like one sort of aesthetic mistake that most people agree on is like chicken legs in the gym the guy who skips leg day all the time uh do, do people have to worry about their physique as much or you think everyone kind of looks good at a certain body fat percent with a reasonable amount of muscle spread yeah i mean it's it's of course highly subjective i would tend to assume that humans like symmetry so if you have muscle mass pretty spread out you should be fine um but it also depends like what people are looking for if you're in a highly enduring community they're going to want a certain look if you're in a power building community they're going to want a certain look if you're a person who doesn't associate with an, like a resistance training based or a sport based like everyone has a different ideal thing i think understanding what fits your lifestyle makes the most sense like people who compete in crossfit have a certain lifestyle people who compete in bodybuilding have a certain lifestyle people who work nine to five jobs everything is relative and you can have whatever you want just understand that there's a timeline and that the more stressful the thing you're taking on the longer it should take to do hmm. right so if you're trying to go from 30 percent body fat to 15 percent body fat understand that it should take time All right, so after a quick break, Rob and I have come back and uh, thought about what other topics would be interesting to hear on Getting Lean. And um, personal to us both, we don't love cutting calories as you hear me always point out how miserable cutting is. Uh, so instead, Rob actually has some interesting ideas on how to adjust your lifestyle for when you wanna preserve calories. So I guess my question is, me, I don't wanna stop eating food. I like food a lot. Food is delicious. And it's, it takes like a lot of effort to put down my fork in the middle of a nice meal. So what can I do to get ready for beach bod season? July 4th, Evan's making waves on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have decided that cutting calories is hard or you have tried it and it doesn't seem to be appropriate or just, it's just not fun. It's not worth the effort. Um, there are basically what you want to do is increase your activity and it doesn't have to be exercise or I think is a lot of people make that mistake. So they're like, Oh, I want to lose weight. I need to try harder when I'm at the gym or I need to go to the gym one extra day per week or something. While that does make sense, it is usually significantly more stressful than it is worth it in terms of like losing body fat. But if you wanted to increase gym performance, that's totally different. You'd actually eat more, but so here the question is, how do I look leaner? How do I get leaner without decreasing calories? And something that I really like is just walks. 
And it could be 10 minutes. It could be 10 minutes after every meal. It could be 30 minutes whenever you can sneak it in during the day. Um, I've actually seen, and Heather tells me all the time about people getting these little tiny treadmills, like they lay flat and they only have like, they don't have a max, they have a really low max speed. Yeah. Basically like you have this infinity sidewalk in your living room and you just like fold it down because we live in a place that can be negative degrees outside and you just walk for 10 minutes after you eat and it adds up it makes a huge difference. Like if we're talking about a person wanting to lose a pound or two a week, if you walked 30 to 60 minutes more than you usually do, which I know sounds like a lot, but again, if you take it down in five or 10 minute chunks, yeah, you're burning hundreds of extra calories. Say you burn two to 400 extra calories every day and it doesn't feel very hard. So you're less likely to be like, Oh, that was such a hard workout. And then you like take down a Gatorade or you take down a big protein shake or you eat an extra cup of rice or whatever. You're just like, Oh, I just went for a quick walk. That's kind of an appealing idea. Yeah. It's uh, not hard and it adds up. How do the calorie expenditures scale for body weight? I'm assuming that's the kind of equation. It's if someone's 120 pounds, would they lose? I mean, their, their weight target is probably about half as someone who's 240 pounds. Yeah. It's almost, I don't know that it's half, but it's close to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're larger, you burn more calories, but you also eat more calories. Um, so it's relative, of course, and then your intensity matters too, but here we want to keep it low intensity. So if you just walk like on your sidewalk for 10 yeah. minutes or so, um, yeah, there's plenty of stuff. Like if you, let's see, take a peek. If someone's 150 pounds and they're walking very slow, which is two miles an hour, um, it's estimated at 140. And then if you're if you're two over 200 it's like 190 but that's right around 200 so it doesn't even go to like 225 or 250 i mean it goes up quite a bit those are a lot of calories it is um and also on body weight and walking i have another question which is i'm pretty sure if someone is like 500 pounds the advice for them getting started to exercise in exercising might not be walking because of the the stress on their joints. They might have to like find a pool to go. Yeah, the impact. Yeah, so this new lifestyle addition over the course of a year would, is there any sort, like this is a, a really ridiculous question I feel like saying out loud. Like, do you have to be careful about your joints if you're introducing this much extra mobilization? You could, it's, I mean, it's totally fair. It depends where you're coming from, of course, but there's also low impact options it's not uncommon for people to have indoor bikes and rowers um, where less of gravity takes its toll. Same rules apply. And the key here is intentionally keeping it very low intensity. Yeah. So if you hopped on a spin bike and instead of doing a class with some crazy young person at mock speeds, if you just like pedaled while listening to an audiobook or something like that for 10 minutes, yeah, you would definitely burn calories or same thing with a rower. Like, and this just, is like no, don't break a sweat speeds. Um, I mean, yeah, you might break a sweat. I like to say full conversation pace. Uh, okay. Right. So you could still have a talk with somebody while you're doing your 10 minutes. And I mean, some people use it even as a really cute way of catching up with family members. 
So what's, what's happening when you recommend potentially 200 to 400 calories of walking a day that would change if someone was to do that in a high intensity interval? Yeah. Like you're saying that your body promotes requesting more fuel with the high intensity, but if it's walking it's somehow sneakier and your body's going to be like, I'm fine with this. It's lower stress. Um, so when you go for a 10 minute walk at a conversation pace, you aren't going to perceive it as exercise or you won't perceive it as like a very difficult effort. And you, you probably won't overeat as a response versus, I mean, you could do, there are two and three minute CrossFit workouts that you finish and you're, you're like, Oh, that was so hard. Like I'm so hungry. And yeah, you did burn through more energy very quickly, but at the end of the day, it was a three minute effort. Right. So if a person walks for an hour, they're still burning more calories than you burn in your three minutes, even with your post-exercise, like cooling down and having excess oxygen consumption, whatever fanciness, like an hour of walking is still more than 10 minutes of high intensity effort. I don't know if it's on topic, but what was that about excess oxygen consumption? Yeah, that's the, like when we talk about hit and you talk about all that, like your body's still hot. Your body's still breathing at a higher respiratory rate. You burn calories even when you're done with hit. Oh, it's literally like you're cooking eggs and you turn the heat off and the eggs are still cooking. Yeah. It's one of those ridiculous kin terms. It's epoch excessive post, whatever exercise post oxygen consumption, excessive post oxygen consumption. Like you're breathing more and like cooling down the air as you breathe and you're using more energy because the thing was so hard. Oh, okay. But again, it's not worth the stress when we're talking about getting lean. You should probably do less cardio or, well, that's confusing to people. You should do less high intensity effort and do way more low intensity effort. So I'm, I'm curious about uh, kind of as a way of summarizing and wrapping this up, how do, how do people start their journey towards getting a beach bod? Yeah. What are the first things they should be trying? How should they be monitoring how they feel to know that they're doing it in a healthy or sustainable manner? Or like, what are, what are the best tips and tricks? Yeah, how to kick this thing off in yeah. February. Um, you gotta know where you're starting. So you gotta take pictures probably, or weigh yourself and maybe take some measurements to know like what your baseline is. And then if you don't wanna have them on your phone, find someone you trust and send them to that person and be like, I need to see these in 12 weeks. So don't delete them. And then you can delete them off your phone. So you don't have to see your original shape. Right. So you have a baseline. That's step one. Understand how much you're exercising. If at all, understanding roughly what you're eating in a day and roughly what your measurements are to get things going. Then what you need to do is increase your activity or decrease your consumption you have to choose which makes more sense for you if you're a person who knows moving more is going to be very difficult too high stress then maybe eating fewer calories by eating higher volume foods and it has it's just subtle like we're talking a couple hundred calories a day that's like skip the caramel sauce in your coffee or substitute rice for quinoa at one meal right? That's a start. Weigh yourself either every single day or once a week. If you're moving down about half a percent or a percent every week, 
you're doing good. As long as you feel good, keep it up. When you are no longer losing weight, remove another couple hundred calories on average from each day, most likely in the form of carbohydrates. If you've chosen the eat less option, if you've chosen the move more option, walk 10 extra minutes every day or at least five extra minutes every day on average. For do that, repeat that process for up to 10 weeks and you should have your, your magic solution. And that wasn't touching on, I mean, you mentioned uh, calories mostly, but not readjusting how you exercise or the composition of what you eat. So like higher protein, not as much cardio. Yeah, you could, I mean, to make a change, all you have to do is make a change, right? So if you're walking more or eating slightly less, you will lose weight. If you want to maintain muscle mass, you need to add some resistance training or you need to continue doing your resistance training you were already doing. So they're a little different, like losing weight versus losing body fat. If you want to lose exclusively body fat, make sure that your activity includes resistance. So push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, squats, any any bodybuilding style stuff is all good. And then in 12 weeks, you personally guarantee everyone will be looking as juicy and shredded as they want. Um, We'll make significant progress. If you... (laughs) If you walk 20 more minutes than you used to and you eat the same amount and if, or if you eat 250 to 350 less calories than you usually do, yeah, you'll definitely, I guarantee something will happen. I feel like this will make a, a pretty entertaining check-in in 12 weeks for us and some kind of planning on trying the raw beach body program. Yeah. Well, I got nothing else. I think that was a pretty good summary. If you have anything else to add. No, it's, it sounds comically simple. It is extremely difficult because we're emotional creatures, but it's all about consistency. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is not going to be my first uh, run at a beach pod, but hopefully it's the one that makes it stick more. Cool. All right. Well, thanks.